Hey, this is Pastor Steve Berger with This Is That, where we bring biblical clarity to cultural chaos. We want to thank you for listening today. And remember, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel or to this podcast so you don't miss another episode. God bless you. We pray that this is a blessing for you today. What's up, what's up, everybody? Pastor Steve Berger here with This Is That, where we bring biblical clarity to cultural chaos. We want to remind you, sign up for this podcast. Subscribe to it. Make sure that you hit the notification on YouTube and then share it with other people. Help us get the word out to as many people as possible. All right, so last week we started this two-part teaching on look up, not back. Look up, not back. And what we did was we made the point that the scripture warns us that in the last time, last times, people are gonna be departing from the faith, they're gonna be falling away from the faith, 1 Timothy 4.1 and 2 Thessalonians 2.3, and we don't wanna be those people. We made the uh, application that, that not just COVID itself has caused many believers to depart from the faith, but looking back over scripture, it was the Israelites uh, wandering in the wilderness. They wanted to go back to, to Egypt. And even in the time of Jesus, just 30 short years after Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension, in the book of Hebrews, the apostle Paul writes, and he's warning Hebrew Christians and saying, y'all are thinking about going back to Judaism. Don't do it. Don't look back to Judaism. Don't look back to what the mere prophets had to say, as valuable as they were. Listen, this isn't about our fathers, the prophets. This is about the fulfillment of who Jesus is. So he's challenging them in their own tribulation, their own challenging time, where culture and religion was pressing in on followers of Jesus to forsake Christ and to go back to Judaism. Paul writes and says, man, don't do it. So he writes the book of Hebrews, which is all about the superiority and supremacy of Jesus. He starts the book off in just the first three verses. He starts the book off by um, quoting, or not quoting, but listing eight incredible things about the Lord Jesus Christ. We looked at four of them last week, and we're gonna finish up part two of this teaching now uh, we're going to look at the final four this week. Last week, we looked at this. Number one, Jesus is the Son of God. He's the Son of God. He's God in human flesh. And so if we're trying to compare Jesus, the Son of God, to the prophets, he clearly is superior. So put your eyes on Jesus, look up to him, and don't look back to the past. He's not only the Son, he's the heir of all things. Everything has been given to Jesus. All authority, all judgment, everything has been given to the Son by the Father. And so one day, because everybody is gonna stand before Jesus Christ, he will judge the living and the dead. You better not even think about departing from him because you're gonna stand before him one day. Again, this is like, man, I mean, Paul is coming out with guns blazing to shock people back into reality about who Jesus is. He's the son, he's the heir of all things, he's also the creator of all things. Listen, it's like Paul just keeps building and building and building on who Jesus really is. 
The scripture couldn't be clear. Jesus created everything, that all things were created by him and for him and through him. He's serious. There's nobody that matches the majesty of Jesus. He's the son, he's the heir, he's the creator. And then he says, he is the very brightness of God's glory. He is the very source and reflection simultaneously of God's light and life. He is, as we'll see next, he is the very express image of God's very purpose, a uh, person, excuse me, the express image of God's person. He, if we were using, you know, just kind of an earthly sense, an earthly language, he is the exact reproduction of God while never ceasing to be God. He's the express image of God's person. In John chapter 14, verse nine, Jesus said to his disciples, have I been with you so long and yet you've not known me? Have you not even figured out who I am yet, Philip? He who has seen me, wow, this is a mouthful. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you, do you see what Jesus is saying? When you see me, you are seeing the express image of God in human flesh. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 says this, that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over all creation. Well, firstborn doesn't mean first created. It is the Greek word prototokos, which means he is the preeminent one, the transcendent one. He is above and beyond and over all of, all of creation. He's the image of the invisible God. Now, I love this C.S. Lewis quote. Some of you might be familiar with this. C.S. Lewis said these words. Any revelation of God you try to get apart from Jesus Christ is blasphemy. Think about that. Jesus is so much the totality of everything that God is. When you look at Jesus, you're looking at the Father. And if you're trying to figure out who God is apart from the person of Jesus, the nature of Jesus, the work of Jesus, you're trying to find God apart from Jesus, you're missing it completely. Jesus is the fullness, the express image of God's person. He's the very brightness of God's glory. I love it. Number six on our list of eight things. Jesus upholds all things by the word of his power. Do you see how incredible Jesus is? Do you see what Paul's trying to do in the book of Hebrews? Again, trying to shock him and wake him up and say, hey man, make sure you don't look back. Look up, look at who Jesus is. He upholds all things by the word of his power. He's saying, listen, this world, this universe, all of creation would absolutely fall apart into utter chaos and disarray if it wasn't for Jesus upholding, containing, and sustaining everything by his spoken word. The very second, should Jesus ever choose to, thank God he isn't, but just to make the point, the very second 
that Jesus would ever stop upholding things by the word of his power, it would create a chaos in this universe that we can't even fathom in our finite minds. He upholds all things by the word of his power. Colossians 1.17 says, he is before all things, listen to this, and in him all things consist. All of the created order and universe only exists because it exists by his power and it exists in his very being. In him all things consist. I mean, there is nobody like Jesus. He upholds and supports and sustains all things by the very word of his power. He spoke and it all came to pass. He upholds all things. Again, you're thinking about departing from Jesus? You better take another look at who he is. You don't wanna play games with your faith with Jesus. You don't wanna think you can depart and try to find God somewhere else, some other religion, some other philosophy or theology. It doesn't exist. Jesus is Jesus. <laughs> There's nobody like him. Number seven, it says that Jesus by himself purged, cleansed all of our sins. Jesus didn't need or ask for help from anybody. He, by himself, purged our sins. People who believe in reincarnation, oh, I'm gonna come back and each time I'm gonna get a little better, a little holier, a little purer, a little cleaner. Uh-uh. Jesus, by himself, purged our sin. He didn't need mankind who's bound by sin trying to come back and better itself throughout all different kinds of, uh, all different lifestyles that you exist in throughout the history of the universe. That's nonsense. Jesus by himself purged our sins. It's past tense. It's a done deal. Our sins have been purged, removed, and cleansed by Jesus and Jesus alone. So you're thinking about departing from him? Thinking about looking back? How are you gonna settle your sins apart from Jesus? Since he by himself purged it, what are you gonna do with your sin if you abandon him? There will be no sacrifice for your sins if you depart from Jesus Christ. Paul's laying it out, y'all. This is heavy duty stuff. Second Corinthians 5.21, for God made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. There is no forgiveness of sin. There is no salvation from sin apart from Jesus. Look up in the midst of your trial. Look up in the midst of your challenges that you're going through, your disillusionments, your heartbreaks, your disappointments. Look up. Don't look back to a world that is Christless and godless. Look up and find fresh comfort and peace and hope in the person of Jesus. Number eight, finally, it says in Hebrews chapter one, verse three, that Jesus sat down at the right hand of the majesty that's on high. Why did Jesus sit down on the throne? Because the work of redemption is finished. He didn't need to stand, he didn't need to walk, he didn't need to run, he didn't need to move, he doesn't need to do anything that would even 
remotely signify that there was something left undone. No, Jesus and Jesus alone sat down. He's not moving. He's not creating any effort. Listen, he sat down. It's finished. It's over. The work of redemption is done. But where did he sit down? He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. The right hand, the hand of blessing, the hand of authority, the hand of power, the hand of favor. This is where Jesus has sat down. And friends, I'm just telling you, there's nobody or no thing that is going to be able to remove Jesus from the throne that he currently occupies. That's why we tell people all the time, it's not about who's in the White House. It's not about who's in the governor's mansion. It's about who's on the throne of God. And it is Jesus himself. He sits at the place of honor, favor, and power, the right hand of the majesty on high. Now, friends, We've discussed these eight things. He's the son of God. He's the heir of all things. He's the creator of all things. He's the brightness of God's glory. He's the express image of God. He upholds all things by the word of his power. He purged our sins by himself and he's seated at the right hand of God where one day he's going to judge the living and the dead. Where are you today in relationship to this Jesus? Where are you today? Maybe you've stumbled upon this podcast, you've stumbled across this YouTube video, and you could say, Pastor Steve, I don't know who this Jesus is and I need to. You need to do this right now. You need to repent of your sins. That means to turn away from a Christless, godless lifestyle. You need to quit making excuse, excuses for your sins, calling them mistakes or faults or weaknesses. No, they're sins that have offended a holy God. But the good news is, that same holy God has sent Jesus to pay the price for your sins. And if you'll repent, if you'll believe on Jesus, if you'll receive him as your savior, he will forgive you and cleanse you and save you. He will give you heaven and not hell. And it's all based on his goodness. It's not based on your effort. You just believe on him. Surrender your life to him right now. Cry out to him. Jesus, I turn from my sins. I repent of my sins. I believe that you died to pay the price for my sins, to satisfy the righteous requirement of God. I believe you died for me so that I don't have to die. Forgive me, cleanse me. I receive you as my Lord. I receive you as my Savior. And I thank you right now because your word says that anybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for making me a new creation. Thank you for giving me heaven and not hell. Thank you for filling me with your Holy Spirit and giving me a new life and a new purpose. Do that now if you don't know Jesus. If you do know Jesus, and yet through trial and tribulation, you've considered going back to a life without him. You're beat up, you're wounded, you're just tired. Let me encourage you. I don't say this with any self-righteousness or any condemnation. I get it, but I'm telling you, don't give up on Jesus. He hasn't given up on you. Look up, don't look back. Get a fresh vision of his majesty, of his ministry, who he is and what he's done. Look up, 
quit looking back and allow Jesus to do a fresh work of grace in your life. Do that. Don't mess around with Jesus. He's too awesome. He's too incredible. Don't even think about comparing him to any other religion, any other philosophy, any other way that you can find peace or salvation. It doesn't exist. There's one God and there's one mediator between God and man. It is the man, Christ Jesus. There's salvation in no other name. There's only salvation in the name of Jesus. You cry out to him in your trouble, in your struggles right now, and ask him to do a fresh work in your life. All right, there you go, beloved. Look up in these troubling end times. Look up, not back. Look up, look into the face of Jesus. Turn your eyes upon him, and the things of earth will go strangely again. God bless you. We look forward to seeing you next time on This Is That. We'll see you soon. Take care.